Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. What's up, Pitt fans? Welcome back to another Pitt Mailbag here on the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel. He is Chris Carter. I am Noah Hiles. Chris, a very eventful weekend in Oakland as five players so far, as of we're recording this Monday afternoon, that Pitt has received five verbal commitments in the month of June so far. That number might increase by the time this show is done recording. It might be higher by the time it's posted on Tuesday morning when we always post this. Uh, but it's it's been very active on the recruiting front for Pitt. Pitt basketball continues to remain in the mix uh, for some guys in the transfer portal. And we have some other news. We're going to discuss it all right now here on the mailbag, and we're just going to get started. Ben wants to know, who is a recruit on Pitt football's radar that could provide an instant impact? I know the formula has been all about development, but are there any guys who could come in here and start as a freshman? I'll let you start, Chris. Who do you got? No, that's a that, that's that's a, that's a tough question because you know I, I know anyone that knows Pitt knows that like you know what this is uh this is this is a program that doesn't have guys just jump uh you know jump up right away. Is a lot of guys have to wait you know quite some time to get playing time. You see guys like Dayon Hayes, who was a four star commit years ago. He got his first like start in Sun in the, in the Sun Bowl last year, so. It's tough to say that, um, you know, who it might be. Um, maybe Yasin Willis, uh, if he's a four-star running back, and I know that that's a, that's a room that has a lot of talent in it, but if he was to come in and, and be, you know, a strong guy, he's supposed to visit, I think, this upcoming weekend. Yep. Um, but uh, if he was to come in, you know, with his size, maybe he would be a guy that could that, that could get in there and get some time uh, for Pitt. Uh, but like you know, like we're like we're saying here, man. Like this is this is a team that has a lot of depth across the board. Um, you know, one guy that maybe you know, you know, it's it's tough to say because you know, get these commits coming in this time. But maybe a guy that's already committed in either Jossie or Whittington or Day Day Farmer to the two four star guys that they that they've had there. You know, depending on what happens with the receiver room next year, Farmer could be in a position much like Jordan Addison, where if he's just really good in practice, they, they give him some opportunities. Uh, and then Whittington being a defensive tackle, they've got Isaiah Neal this year. Uh, you think Devin Danielson and David Green and a bunch of guys might rotate out. Maybe there'd be space for him to make a, make an instant impact, but it's a tough question because Pitt doesn't have too many freshmen that just poke their head in and get experience. Yeah, Farmer was my pick if we were going with guys that have already committed. I just think that, I mean, you look at the receiver room, next year it's going to have to be someone young stepping up, unless if they go crazy in the transfer portal, which there's a possibility that happens, and they're going to have, I think they have five receivers in this upcoming freshman class, the class of 2023, that some of them are already on campus, some of them will be on campus soon. Uh, So they'll have five freshman receivers on scholarship, on their depth chart now. We'll see which one of them kind of rises the challenge. We've seen Israel Polk be the main guy, I think, this past spring. Um, but yeah, Re- Reynolds, or excuse me, not Reynolds, Farmer. Uh, is who, Yeah, 
Rick Darius Farmer, Day Day Farmer. He's he's the guy, the four star. He's probably the highest rated national recruit that Pitt has signed so far. I know Wedding uh, Weddington is the highest ranked in the state. He's the number one player in the state of Pennsylvania. But Whittington, just like you said, Chris, and I know that they're replacing a lot on the defensive line next year, um, but that position is just always loaded. Charlie Partridge got a factory going. Yeah, I don't ever see a freshman starting on that defensive line. Maybe a redshirt freshman, but not a true freshman. Um, Another guy that I I have no idea how deep he is in with Pitt is uh, Brian Robinson. He's a linebacker from Austintown Fitch High School. Uh, he's made like nine unofficial visits to Pitt. Mm. And he's just an absolute monster of a human when you see him. He looks like someone who could play high-level college football right now as a high school senior. Uh, I remember talking to him at, during a spring practice. And um, he's in the mix for some other big schools. I think Rivals has him projected to go to Michigan as like the favorite. Uh, but he he keeps showing up on Pitt's campus. And I think one of his teammates just committed to Pitt like earlier this week. So mm-hmm. with that all taking place, if he, if they could get him, and I don't know if he would be someone that they would play as like a weak outside backer or an edge, or maybe they would switch up some defensive packages just to fit his kind of skill set. But I think he's not someone that would be like a hobba bald nato and be like someone who could be a strict defensive line type. He think I think he could play a little bit of outside backer and someone with his size and physicality could be a guy that could come in and, and, and provide an instant impact should Pitt land him. You know, anytime you're in the mix against a program like Michigan or other high profile, you know, top tier in the game of college football, I mean, Pitt's got its work cut out just for landing him. So if, but if they could land him, yeah. That's that's a big win. I also like your pick, Carter, the running back from from uh, was it New Jersey? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Year. Uh, I mean, he he's a stud, top player in the state, and Pitts had a lot of success getting guys from that state in mm-hmm. recent recent seasons. So those are some names to look out for for sure. We'll move on now. Daniel wants to know. I know many people were excited about the idea of Pitt landing Mongolian Mike, aka Mike Sharamovitz. We'll go with that. Uh, through the transfer portal, but what would he actually be? Or but would he actually be a good fit on Pitt's roster? So last week it surfaced, I believe it was Wednesday or Thursday, uh, that Mike Sheravance, uh, freshman from Dayton, a six foot eight forward, uh, known as Mongolian Mike, has Pitt in his top five landing spots for the transfer portal. The others are Memphis, Nebraska, Indiana, and San Francisco. Uh, former four star guy, former top one hundred player in the country was a big-time get for Dayton last year. Not mm-hmm. a great score, only 5.6 points a game, but does a really good job of you know ball movement, defense. I think averaged like three assists and three rebounds a game. Uh, started 20 games, played in 32 for Dayton. Carter, just looking at his stat sheet, obviously I don't expect you to be the Mongolian Mike insider. I mean, if you are, that'd be cool. Uh, but like, <laughs> does, does this guy have a fit on Pitt's roster with that one final scholarship? Yeah, totally. We went to Dayton. I talked to him actually. Oh, no. is that right? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but I think the thing is, is that w- the in the little bit that I was able to watch of him in time with Dayton, like you said, he 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 gets the flow of offense. He's gonna be a he's gonna be a veteran presence who can come in and help maneuver the ball around, work work spacing, work it to the right guys, and be a plug and play type of guy that can just 
you you can ask that of him and he'll he'll understand. He won't try to take over games unnecessarily. And I really do think that that's part of what Pitt needs. They need a veteran presence who can be on the court, calm things down, get the offense going, and when, when even when things struggle. I think one of the biggest things that 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 young teams often go through when they're punched in the mouth, when their shooting isn't going the right way, or the other team gets out on a run, they need to be able to respond quickly. That's something that Pitt had. All last year, Nelly Cummings, Jamarius Burton, all those guys, Blake Hinson, Greg, they knew when when it hit the fan, we got to cut this off right now. Stay focused, lock back in. That's in pit fans may think like, oh, that's that sounds easy. It's not. It's it's a it's a focus thing. It is something that when there's all these other factors that are going in and all these guys trying to play together. You need people that are going to help be glue pieces. And I think that Mongolian Mike could be a, a glue piece himself. Uh, I, I, I also don't know how to properly pronounce his, his last name. I tried to like look it up and I heard Sherevance. like two different ones. And I was like, I'm going with mm-hmm. I don't know. Share Zamps? Share Vance is what I'm going with. Oh, Share Vance. All right. The, the J is that. silent in my in my mind only. Um, So for me, I, I don't think this guy has a fit here because from the people, I actually have talked to people who know him. Um. Mm. This guy seems like a player who wants to get to the next level soon. He entered his name into the NBA draft process this offseason after just one year at the collegiate level, and Pitt's not going to be able to provide what he wants. He's not going to start at Pitt if he comes here, not over the other guys that they brought in. Maybe he he beats out Zach Austin for a starting spot, but if you're hoping to improve your next level stock, it ain't happening on a team that – it's three deep at every position, at least. You you would look at Mongolian Mike, in my opinion. He would have been a perfect pit, fit for Pitt if Blake Henson went to the NBA. Mm. You could plug him right in Blake's spot and he wouldn't be the leading scorer, but that's what you that's the that's the hole you fill right there. But with Blake back, I mean, you're looking at now do you sacrifice minutes for Marlon Barnes Jr.'s development to play Mongolian Mike? Or Zach Austin, a guy who came in here through the transfer portal and has multiple years of eligibility left. I mean, you've already got a lot of mouths to feed on this roster. I don't think adding someone who's NBA hungry, you know, someone who's not invested as a long-term thing, that's not going to work, especially as a, a forward. If it's a guard, maybe. Like you like you mentioned, you know, getting veteran leadership in the backcourt would be great. But that's going to be a challenge in itself, trying to divvy up all the playing time. But when you look at the front court, I mean, you've got that's where the most talent on your team is. Adding one more person into the mix there, I, I don't think Mongolian Mike is the answer for Pitt. If he ends up there, I mean, it would be fun to cover him. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's a very, I think he has like more, just based on his stat line and stuff, it seems like he plays more of a European game where it's a little bit more finesse, less physicality, can get others involved. Um, similar to what we maybe see from the Diaz Graham twins, but probably a better ball handler. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't think that Pitt is exactly what he's looking for. I think he wants to go somewhere where he can be the star and he won't be that at Pitt. He just won't be. So Andrew wants to know which road matchup is more important for Pitt football's 2023 season, West Virginia or Notre Dame. We know the kickoff times for both of these. West Virginia on the 16th, 7.30 on primetime ABC. And at Notre Dame, I believe that's October 29th, if I'm not mistaken, 3.30 on NBC, as is every Notre Dame, every Notre Dame game. Um, this is interesting, Carter, 
I, I, I think, because they're at different points in the season. They're different statuses of programs. They're mm-hmm. both rivals of Pitt. Obviously, West Virginia, a bigger one than Notre Dame, but no one likes playing Notre Dame. You know, everyone wants to beat Notre Dame, and Pitt and Notre Dame have a history. Which, if, you, if, if you're Pitt and you could only win one of these two games, which one do you win? Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specright para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. I feel like the board answer would be Notre Dame, the higher rank, pro, pro, higher like profiled team. It would be a big, uh, it'd be a big, you know, news thing. I think it would be a big boost to their resume later in the year. But I, I wonder if you're West Virginia, if you're facing West Virginia, if a West Virginia loss would hurt, you know, even more. And you know, you think about losses more. So your losses hurt more than wins help sometimes. And so that's why I actually tend to think maybe West Virginia. It's not just that I can get to keep making my 13-9 jokes and then not have a comeback. Um, it's that I do think that West Virginia isn't supposed to be a powerhouse this year. Notre Dame, I think, is a lot of people looking at as a potential riser in college football. You know, they got a new coach. He's, he's instituting things around there. They're starting to believe in themselves. If Pitt was to say win of course they beat Wofford beat Cincy beat West Virginia and then maybe just lose two ACC games and then and then lose to Notre Dame I think that that'd be a strong resume you know that'd be a good season but let's say you swap that let's say they they only lose two ACC games but that third loss is to West Virginia then you're gonna have people saying I don't know they played the weak ACC and they and and they sure they snuck Notre Dame but are they really good because they lost to West Virginia and I think that would be you could make an argument in either side there but I just think having the solidified not losing to the opponent that I don't think will end up ranked as high that could I think that might be the safer play for Pitt I want to see something. I want to see when Cincinnati goes into the Big Twelve. Are they already in it? No, I think it's. I think it's another couple of years. Okay. Well, regardless, I I, I agree with you, Carter. I, it's got to be West Virginia here, simply because Pitt's going to go into that road game as a favorite, and it could be a heavy favorite. Like I'm thinking a touchdown or more. I don't think it's yeah. out of the question for because West Virginia. Let's be real, and this isn't like I have no dog in this fight. I don't care either side, but I, w- I just want to see a good game. But West Virginia is not going to be a good team this year. They're going to be picked to finish near the bottom of the Big 12. That's just the reality of it. And while, yeah, they have a couple of notable recruits coming in, they're, they're just not where they want to be as a program right now. I don't think one West Virginia fan would agree with that. Uh, that, you know, I think everyone, I should say, would agree with that statement, that they're, not, they're nowhere near where they want to be. Pitt should win that game. Pitt's going to be a favorite in West Virginia's house. And Pitt has a lot more to lose in that game than it does against Notre Dame, where it's going to be an underdog going into Notre Dame. How many teams go into South Bend and are a favorite or can hope to win? Not many. It's a very hard place to win football games, especially in the last decade plus. And Pitt is going to be going in there. And sure, it's going to be 
you know, headlines galore, Djokovic's return, blah, blah, blah. And I think there's a very good chance that by that point in the season, Pitt could be a ranked team. And Notre Dame will most definitely be a ranked team unless things go wrong at the beginning of the season like they did last year for the Fighting Irish. But Pitt can lose that game and, you know, who cares? I mean, like, it's a tough loss. But Notre Dame is going to be picked by a lot of people to finish very high in this mm-hmm. upcoming college football poll, losing on the road in South Bend to a very good Notre Dame team. I mean, there, there's no shame in that. There is shame in losing to your rival that you're a favorite over yeah. that you beat last year. You, you can't, you can't go into that one and lose if you're pit because you have all the bragging rights right now. Those bragging rights, they help with local recruits. There are a ton of guys. If you look at their, you know, some of the main recruits that Pitt is in the mix for who have Pitt in their top five, top 10 West Virginia is also in the top five for a lot of those guys. And they'll be watching that game. And you might be able to win some guys over as opposed to losing some guys. If you lose the backyard brawl, when you see that atmosphere in West Virginia, which is going to be crazy, a loss in Morgantown could be really, really tough for the Pitt football program. Cause you know, what's waiting for him after that game, Chris, Drake May and North Carolina yeah. coming to Hyatt's Field or Acrisure or whatever you want to call it. That's you're you're you lose that one, you're at a serious risk of being two and two, or if they don't get the job done against Cincinnati, one and three at the start of the year. That's a huge football game, much more important in my opinion than the Notre. The Notre Dame could take Pitt to the next level, or if Pitt goes in there with one loss or undefeated and they beat Notre Dame, Pitt's in the conversation for the playoff at that point. But a lot's got to happen before we even think about Pitt being in the mix for something that big of a deal. And one of the things that needs to happen is a win in Morgantown. So, yeah, West Virginia is the correct answer. Wayne wants to know, with most of the notable coaches in the ACC, and we're talking basketball here, either retiring over the past few years or quickly approaching retirement, does Jeff Capel have a shot at becoming one of the league's top coaches? Let's go review real quick. So Coach K is gone. Roy Williams is gone. Jim Beheim's gone. Who could ever forget that one? Uh, Jim Laranega's got to be repro- approaching retirement soon because he's not getting any younger. Uh, Leonard Williams is getting older. I, what would we say? He's 74? Yeah, 74 Coach Williams. years old. Yeah, and so there's those are five of the more notable guys. Carter, I mean, looking around the league, do you think that, yeah, Jeff could be one of the staples of ACC basketball moving forward? It could be. There's a position right now in the ACC, and I know the ACC is a little volatile right now because, you know, with the the standing of how college sports is moving and conferences realigning and all this stuff, but there's a chance that with, you know, North Carolina, there's questions about that, about that regime. The the Duke, there's questions about, about, about that. There's questions about a lot of the, the, you know, Bayheim's gone from Syracuse, not that Bayheim was a powerhouse. You know, you look in this conference right now, how long is Larry Nagy going to be be there? You know, how long can how much longer can Hamilton be there? Uh, the yeah, one guy I, I think it, did I call him Leonard Williams. I think you did, but I was going to just <laughs> like Hamilton. <laughs> my bad, my bad. Yeah, you, you're good. Uh, but uh, but you know, with with Leonard Hamilton, it, it, the the one name state that still looks like it could be is Tony Bennett because he's in his prime, Virginia. They, they don't play pretty basketball. They just beat you up, play defense, and they win basketball games. And yep. that's the one guy that might there. But Jeff Capel might be in the position to be like, hey, if you want to play offensive basketball, if you want to put up points in this conference, 
this is where you get to come to go. And if Jeff Cable wants to be here for the long term, and I get the impression that he that he does, he could build he could build his own sort of you know reign, his own sort of powerhouse here in a in a Power Five conference and the conference that he played basketball in and coached in for quite some time. So um, I I think there's there's reason to think that, and I think it's also a reason why he wants to make it work here and isn't necessarily just using Pitt to if he gets a couple more years of success, he'll bounce to you know, Duke or or some or somewhere else. And maybe he does, but I, I think that there's a real opportunity here. And I think Jeff sees that opportunity. Yeah, I think there is too. I'm I'm not I don't know. Like Jeff had a great season last year. He was the league's coach of the year for it, obviously, but we gotta think, you know, let's see you do it again before we even think about putting you in the same spot. And there's other guys who have been around lesser years than Jeff. We could go with Shire, for example, at Duke. I think Shire has a better chance of becoming one of those mainstay names simply because John Shire inherited a Lamborghini, and all he has to do is not wreck it. And I think that, you know, for all the success that Pitt had and everything, I mean, in Shire's first year, his team won the ACC tournament, won a game in the NCAA tournament, and they're going to be really good next year. So I think Shire could be up in that conversation, but Jeff could be as well. It's just... This next year is a really big indicator for for Capel and the Pitt basketball program as a whole. Was was last year a flash in the pan, or are they going to be able to make this a consistent thing? I think the opportunity is certainly there. I think that Jeff Capel is a good basketball coach, but it, it depends on a lot of factors, especially when you're depending on freshmen. You're going to need some luck. You're going to need some guys to step up, and if that can happen and they can continue to be – a threat in this league, then absolutely Jeff Capel has the route right in front of him to become, you know, maybe not, like I said, a Tony Bennett, but right beneath him is one of the top three to five guys that every year you expect his team to be competing day in and day out for an ACC title in basketball. So we move forward now to our final question is from Adam. Adam wants to know, we all know Rodney Hammond Jr., is going to be the starting running back this year for Pitt, but who will be behind him on the depth chart and how much of a role will that player have? I'll start with this one, Carter. So Pitt has a very interesting stable behind Rodney. Uh, you have Derek Davis Jr. who transferred in from LSU this past offseason. You have Daniel Carter who was used as a fullback, although he does not like being called a fullback. <laughs> he's second. He's on. He's in the mix there. And then you have Sebo Flemister uh, from uh, a Notre Dame transfer from two years ago. We saw him used as probably the third running back on the depth chart last year. If I had to pick a second string running back right now, I guess it's Sebo. I think that to answer the question in full, I don't know if there's gonna be a def- a, def- a definite second guy. I think the second answer. running back will be used. Per situation, if they want to go with a two back set, then your second running back is going to be Daniel Carter. Uh, I think if they want to throw the ball, maybe you probably see Derek Davis a little bit more just because he's a pretty athletic guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that if you want to really grind teams down, like we saw him do a, bit, a little bit last year, they might go with Sebo and they might go down Daniel Carter and Sebo. He might be your second most traditional running back, but I think it's, I think it's kind of going to be a little bit last year where you have your bell cow. Like they had Izzy as the main guy last year. I think it's going to be Rodney again this year. And then they're going to have, they're not going to have a definitive second guy like they had with Rodney last year. They're going to just have a situation for three different players. And I would expect all of them to get between four to eight touches a game. Carter. 
I, I think it's the same look that you're talking about here. You know, we traditionally we think of depth charts, and there will be a depth chart, but you know, t- typically Pat has the oars for the starters. Picture it like oars for the second for the second string running yep. back here. It's going to be a situation where they're going to have a playbook. Frank Zignetti is going to have all these different things drawn up, and they're going to be going in different directions. They're going to be going. Um, uh, they're they're going to have they're going to have different packages with different guys. Daniel Carter probably be the power guy. Sebo might be a space running a zone running guy. Derek Davis might be the like the third down back guy. Um, I think that that's more the route that they're going to go. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Derek Davis ends up getting more snaps because of his, I think his athleticism that he brings in and they might try to use that. And also depends on how well he fits into the playbook. Uh, I know one thing that when you talk to players and coaches, the biggest thing about that, that's going to change about last year or from last year is that across the board, everyone is much more comfortable with, with the basics of this playbook. And they're, they're growing a lot faster as far as how much they were able to install in the spring and how much the work that we able to do when they reconvene in the summer. Um, but uh, I think that, yeah, it's the running back situation isn't going to be your typical, you know, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, if you think for the Steelers. It's going to be more like, you know, Rodney Hammond and then the backups all have different roles specifically right. that Frank Signetti draws up. Yeah. And I mean, I think another thing too is you have guys who can return kicks. You won't probably yeah. have your starting running back returning kicks. Or maybe they will. Who knows? Yeah, that, 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 <laughs> yeah they sure did last year. And they did in the spring game too. They had Rodney returning kicks. Yeah. Um, Carter, I think that's all the questions we got. Anything before we wrap it up? Nope. Just, uh, it's a, it's, it's nice days outside. So I hope that everyone's enjoying their time, uh, you know, getting to see it, but we'll see how, how recruitment continues for both sides. Uh, you know, pit basketball high up in ranked in recruiting pit football, high up ranked in recruiting right now. And things can always change, but things looking good for pit right now, as far as the, the spring recruitment process, we'll have some recruitment coverage on the post gazette site, just waiting to find out who some of these other uh, verbal commits are so far this week, but you can check that out at post gazette You can hit that subscribe button. If you haven't already to the post gazette sports now, YouTube channel, we'll have all of your Pittsburgh sports coverage. You, you can depend on, on this channel every single day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for checking out this content from Post Gazette Sports. If you liked the video, please like it and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you enjoyed it on Apple Podcasts, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down in the description.